You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Bad Batch Season 2 episode, The Solitary Clone. I am, of course, your host, Michael Cohen. And with me, as always, we've got the altitudinous Kyle Avery. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it's good. It's good. And we do not have the illustrious Joe Hogan this week. He's uh, he's, he's off this week, but uh, but that's OK. Kyle and I will hold it down. Uh, this will be a this this will be an interesting episode, an interesting episode to say the least. I think we have very different opinions on this episode. Um, I think I have a very different pr- opinion than the prevailing opinion on this one, and I totally own that. I I it just this is just not down my alley. That's what that's what it comes down to. But um, uh, it's not it's not what I want from Bad Batch. But uh, I, I but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, before we do, before we do that, let's just take a little quick detour over into to live action territory. The uh, the Mandalorian trailer came out just like hours before we started recording. Um, yeah, new Mando trailer. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. We got to see Coruscant post Return of the Jedi Coruscant, which that's mm-hmm. that's new. Uh, we get to see Mando's attacking the the settlement on. Um, oh man, what's the what's the what's the planet? The very first I, one. Yeah, Navarro. Navarro. Yeah. So they, I don't know if they're attacking or defending. It's really. Unclear. exactly like i mean it clearly yeah. looks like they're attacking because they're like dropping in from their their transport ships or whatever but it could be a situation where like maybe it's already been taken over by pirates or something and the mandos are coming to that's what them. i'm thinking because it's because it's not um it appear they appear to be dropping out of a out of a gauntlet fighter mm-hmm. right so yeah. that would indicate to me that they're bo katan's mandos which means that they would be ally mandos, right? Or Not, would they? Unless unless for some reason the the watch also has these uh these these gauntlet fighters, right? Well, um, I don't know, because I think I think Bo Katan could end up being a villain this season. I think, do you think so? she and Din are gonna maybe clash over some things i mean in the first teaser that they released there was like there's like a soundbite in there of her saying you know where was your cult when mandalore needed you you know when we were wiped out by the empire or something like that um i mean so we kind of like we have bogatan's group we have uh the the children of the watch which is Mm -hmm. din's group with the armor and paz vizla and everything and that's i think he's not with them right now right because paz will really love to kill kill din Right, right, like, right, right, right. Um, and so but that's what I'm saying is it's it's almost like Din doesn't fit in with either of those two groups. Um, or maybe they're going to join forces or something. I'd have to watch it again because I'm pretty sure it looked like Paz Vizsla was one of those ones that's on yeah. Navarro. 
Um, but they all kind of had like the blue, like Death Watch or like Bogotan's guys kind of paint scheme, um, which is like the same as the the Death Watch that we see in the flashbacks from Mando season one, like the ones that rescued him as a kid. Um, yeah. But then, of course, at the end, we see Din, or not not necessarily at the end, but um, there's those other shots where we see Din with uh, another group of Mandalorians that all have different colors on their armor and stuff. And so maybe he goes throughout the galaxy trying to search for people that are kind of like him, like Mandalorians that don't have a clan or don't have a purpose or, you know, yeah. whoever is willing to kind of try to come back and reclaim Mandalore or something like that. So I think we're going to get some interesting different Mandalorian factions and different ideologies within the group and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think even more than we've already seen, we're we're gonna find out that that the Mandalorians are 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 fractured, right? Yeah. Um, and and like to me, I I think I said this in the last episode, right? Like to me, that is ultimately what that story should be about. I don't know if that is what the story will be about. I think it's what the story will be about, but, um, well, I mean, Din says but, as much in the trailer too. He says, you know, we're scattered like stars yeah. in the galaxy and you know, who are we and what is our purpose and you know, kind yeah. of what are we doing as a people? So, yeah, it's interesting. Cause it like, it, 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 this is one of those situations where it's like, it always, it always puts into question. Like, so by the time of the sequel trilogy, where are all the Mandalorians? <laughs> is why weren't they involved in this for another time yeah (laughs) that question's (laughs) never still never been answered but that's fine um yeah okay cool uh yeah i mean i i think i think there's a lot of really cool stuff in the trailer i i but i i mean honestly we don't even have that long to wait between bad batch every week we got star wars visions coming at some point between now and then probably maybe soon after yeah, you I would ass- like- if I had to guess, I would say Visions is probably coming in like April or May if it's still because they said like Maybe. spring 2022, I think, um, yeah. or um, 2023. Um, yeah, and we've got we got we got Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania coming out soon. We oh, got, true. Uh, like, there's Wait, is that stuff. February or March? That's February, February 17th. As a matter of fact, oh, okay. I, just bought, I just bought my tickets tonight. Oh, so nice. I, yeah, um. Yeah, like like there's there's lots to keep us, I think, entertained between now and I mean, The Last of Us just started. I don't know if anybody's watching that, but who, Doctor? Yeah, great, I checked great out, first checked episode. out last night. That was hey, here, here's the heads up for anybody who hasn't dipped their toe in yet. First episode, hour and 23 minutes long. Uh, didn't know that going in. <laughs> <laughs> got Got to the end of like the first part, which if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, and I thought the episode was done, like because I I it's um, stressful. I mean, like, hey, if you have anxiety, The Last of Us might not be for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ask your doctor if The Last of Us is. Ready. <laughs> I I but um that first it's thirty five minutes I think is is what I've heard um felt like two hours <laughs> um just because of the tension of it like the suspense mm-hmm. of it and then uh, and then the rest of the episode was more or less fine but it's basically like an hour after that um it's a doozy of a first episode but phenomenal series so far i mean i expected no less the showrunner of chernobyl and uh and and if anybody's played the last of those video games uh their stories are some of the best in the history of games. So I, uh, yeah, like, like uh, it's so, so good, but uh, I only bring it up by virtue of the fact that like, 
you know, that's going to carry us through every Sunday night. Uh, and then, and then every uh, Wednesday we've got bad batch. Uh, I don't, what else do we have? We still don't know when secret invasion starts. Um, but, oh, but, yeah. but it is soon. I we can't ex- imagine. It's be- a- I can't imagine it's before Mando. If we're getting, getting, you know, trailers with release dates for Mando. No. And still nothing See, on secret here, invasion. Here's the thing. They don't, they've gotten into this thing and they do it with Star Wars as well. They don't talk about the next thing until the thing is done. So they're not going to talk about Secret Invasion very much until Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out. Yeah. Uh, some Somebody at Disney has decided that, that fans cannot hold two ideas in their mind at the same time. Um, and so like, there's this ideology of like, no, we got to get that out of the way first. And then we got to finish Andor, and then we can talk about bad batch. Like, like, I mean, to the extent that they moved bad batch all the way mm-hmm. from September to January to get it out of the way of both Andor and Willow. Like, if we're being honest, like, I think that they, like, they wanted to give Willow some space. Otherwise they would have started it right at the end of, um, at the end of Andor, I think they would have gone right into it, but they ended Andor and started Willow. So yeah. I think like, they were kind of looking at the that Jedi like, too. They might, maybe they wanted to spread. There was that too. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I think, I think what we're going to get is that bad batch is going to end. Um, I mean, I think that we could very well just get visions at some point in February uh, early March, uh, but I think maybe maybe Bad Batch will end, and then we'll get visions like a couple weeks later. Um, yeah, that that would be my guess. So, so you know, like the it's look, we're I uh, we are spoiled. We are spoiled. I've talked about this before because already the discourse is starting about Mando, where people are like, "Is season three? Are do you think it's going to even be any good?" And and there's a lot of people being like, well, it's not going to be Andor. And it's like, yeah, it's not, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, this is just John and Dave playing with action figures again. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. If you don't What's like it. What's wrong with that? If you don't like that's it, don't we, watch it. That's you know? why we all tuned in for the first two seasons. Yeah. I think, I think it's one thing to be watching the show and then on an episode-by-episode episode basis to um, – to have issues with it. And I think like in season two of Mando, there's definitely some stuff that I kind of took issue with. Um, but overall I look at season two and it's like this. I mean, my favorite episode of the series is in season two. Uh, the, the, um, Oh my goodness. What's it? Oh, I can't remember the title of it right now. The, the believer. Yeah. The believer. Thank you. I, uh, man, how did you know that? Uh, well, I just saw you tweet about it the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that's, I mean, like, honestly, that's one of my favorite hours of star Wars along with, uh, with the Marshall, right? The Marshall is mm-hmm. like the Marshall, in my opinion, is the best star Wars movie that's come out in the Disney era. Like it, and there's just something about it that I like, it's just, it's just some of the most fun, but it doesn't technically count. Um, but it's so, it's so, so good. It's so tight. Um, yeah. So like, there's really, really good stuff in season two, Amando. There's also some like thematic stuff that's a little bit weird and a little bit off. Um, with you know, uh, uh, Din behaves a little bit weirdly, and then there's like the stuff with with uh, the frog lady and stuff that it's like these are weird. It's it's just like the um, there's there's an aspect of it that that there's an aspect of storytelling in general, right? Whether you know it or not, you, 
most often writers are employing mythic archetypes, right? Um, when they employ those mythic archetypes with purpose and intention, you end up with really great stuff. Star Wars is a fantastic example of that because George knew exactly what he was doing, right? Um, I think that there's a little bit in Mando, especially in season two, where there are like some mythic archetypes or there's some there's some tropes going on in there that are in there, but they don't really they don't actually like there is no payoff. There is no lesson. There is no purpose to it. And I think the other thing is that they're just like, I think they're a little bit lost in the woods with the Mando stuff and with Mando and Book of Boba Fett. I mean, I think Book of Boba Fett pivoted because of um, because of Gina Carano. Right. I, I the more that I think about it, the more I think that those two episodes that end up in Book of Boba Fett are because they went back and they had to harshly rewrite season three of Mando because they were mm. no longer doing um, uh, the New Republic show. What was the what was the heroes the of, the New, of the New Republic? The Rangers of the New Republic. So they were no longer doing that show. Right. Because that show's been axed. Mm. Um, obviously, that was going to be like Gina Carano's show. Um, so, so I think that they had to like go back and massively rewrite season three. And in the process of doing that, they went, okay, we got to get Din and Grogu back together in order to, to, to get this. I, I think that actually we were probably supposed to get Book of Boba Fett last year and then Rangers this year. Like, I, I think that's probably what was supposed to happen. And Din would have been in Rangers a little bit and it would have been, and that, that aspect of like the two of them being separate for a little while longer would have been more apparent in that. But then they were like, yeah, we got to pivot. So they, they used Book of Boba Fett to sort of retcon something that hadn't come out yet, <laughs> if that makes sense. And so we ended up with a bit of an uneven, a uh, uh, story in Book of Boba Fett as a result, right? Um, so I think I think that like those two things, like sort of those that misuse of mythic archetypes and and tropes in season two, um, because they were trying so hard to set everything up for all of this other stuff instead of just telling the story about Din and Grogu, they were like, oh, we got to bring this character and we got to do this, we got to do that, you know, all all that sort of thing to set mm-hmm. up this larger narrative that they were going for here's ahsoka here's more stuff with with uh, uh gina carano i can't remember even remember her character's name at this caradoon caradoon yeah i i you know like like here's all of this stuff going on um and then and then Bo- book of boba fett having to be like instead of us taking four or five episodes to tell this tuscan story we're actually just going to do it in three and then and then we're gonna because we got to give two episodes to to din and grogu and luke right like i I think that they they sort of made those changes on the fly it's a little bit not it's certainly not as intentional as andor not as intentional as some of the other great star wars stories that we have and i think like people are looking at that and going okay this is a little uneven and so they're talking about mando and going like is this going to be any good i firmly believe that rick famuyua coming in on season three as an ep was them addressing that issue and going like we got to get like like obviously dave and john are being pulled in a lot of directions with this overall stuff with disney plus and all of the star wars projects that are happening 
Um, and I think that the the idea was let's bring Rick in. He's been like, so, you know, Deborah Chow, I think probably would have been in that conversation as well, except that she went off to do Obi-Wan. Right. And mm-hmm. is currently prepping Obi-Wan season two. Mark my words. I, I think we might find out a celebration. If we don't find out a celebration, we'll find out at like the next Disney plus day or something later this year. I guarantee, I guarantee you they're working on Obi-Wan season two. There's no way they're not. Um, so like Deb Chow's busy. I think Bryce Dallas Howard has something else cooking, although she's directing an episode in season three of, of Mando. But uh, I mean, like she's also an actor, so she's like got other she's had other stuff going on with Jurassic World and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, my hope is that she's done with all of that and that they're giving her a project because I would love to see Bryce Dallas Howard like executive produce something from start to finish. I, cause I just think that she's a phenomenal st- storyteller in the star Wars universe. She's done yeah. her, some, her episodes are some of the best ones, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Manual, and, and that's why I'm kind of torn where I'm like, I would love to see her get her own movie or her own series or something. But you but want her in Mando time, too, I would right? love yeah. to just see, see her get to direct like two or three episodes of Mando every season mm-hmm. instead of just mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do think that's why they brought in Rick as like a full, full executive producer this season as somebody who's like, oh, hey, people really like your episodes of this show. Come in. I oversee Mando so that I mean, as Dave is also over on Ahsoka, right? Like mm-hmm. that's I think I think that's probably the other big part of it is that his his focus is really over there with that show with Ahsoka obviously being the Rebels sequel that we've been waiting. I don't know. When did, when did rebels go off the air for like five years ago? 2018. Yeah. So, so that's we're almost at like five years. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think by the time that Ahsoka comes out, it'll, it'll basically have been that. So I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, <sighs> when people look that gift rancor in the mouth, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like that. I said it on the last episode, we got Boba Fett and Din Djarin, like facing down the the um, not it's not Blacks the Pikes, you know. I uh, this this awesome fight. I uh, <laughs> Black Kersantans in there, you know, and then Boba Fett rides a Rancor, like like Boba Fett. You guys, Boba Fett. Boba Fett rides a Rancor in Mos Espa in the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. And then people are like, yeah, I don't know if it's that good. I don't know. Like, I don't know what your problem is. You just, you don't like fun. Is that what it is? You don't like fun. Because <laughs> um, I like, because I, I have a lot of friends who are like critical of Book of Boba Fett and, and, uh, and Mando. Um, and like, I'll have those conversations with them and be like, yeah, no, totally for sure. I see where everybody's coming from on this stuff, but like, I'm sure that if I pushed some of them, it was like, but come on, there's some pretty good stuff in there. Like if you're going to play with your action figures, this is how you do it. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to season three of Mando. I think it's going to be great. They still, there's still a lot that was shown in the season three trailer at celebration that has not been in the three trailers that they've released to the public. So I, I and especially like tone um, the, the tone, I guess the, the tone of that first Mando trailer that, that everybody got to see from celebration from like the Lucasfilm showcase panel 
it was basically that, but but a they, whole lot they more. They still never released that. No, they haven't. It's still been celebration exclusive, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is that is that like? Oh no! Well, uh, well, when you said when everybody got to see, I thought you meant one that they like released to the public. Oh, the showcase the showcase one wasn't released to everybody. Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, that's no. The, well, so, so I there's mean, like I, the there's like I, a double secret Mando panel one then that's yeah. like got even more. Well, I've seen snippets of both of them that were like leaked yeah. online. Um, yeah. and that first, the first one that they released, you know, publicly just a few months ago, that one seemed like pretty close to those couple of celebration ones, but it was the, 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 the one just before this one was like pretty close, but not, not quite. It didn't, it wasn't quite as intense as the one that we saw at celebration. The one that we saw during the Mando pa- panel at celebration was like, holy crap, this show's going to be phenomenal in season three. So I think like that's kind of where I'm coming from with it is that like I'm still riding the high of that. And that that was May of last year, right? Like it's been a while. And I'm still like, there is some stuff in that trailer that's like, holy smokes, it'll blow your hair back. So um yeah, like like I'm I'm really excited for it. This one was more focused almost on sort of like the cameo type stuff. Uh, this this latest one that was like showing all the all the characters that are coming back sort of thing, but uh, I it's gonna be so funny that like they're just not gonna talk about Cara Dune. Yeah, She's I mean, just... I'll be honest, that's gonna bug me just because they they built up so much stuff with her character. Yeah. I wish they would have just recast the part and kept going with it and yeah, not let too. that derail their whole plans. But oh well, yeah. I mean, they didn't they didn't want to draw more attention to it but now like the sudden absence of her in the show is still kind of going to draw attention to it so i think they will i i mean i think that they will say something i think that um, oh yeah that carson teva i i that that he'll he'll have some comment in that scene of like you know what's going on with the rangers right like because yeah. i think and i and i think that what they'll do is they'll pivot and they'll use him uh as a bit of a proxy for what information cara dune would have been giving uh, yeah, the role yeah, that she would have sure. played and I think in a larger thing i had heard some rumors about that a while ago too that rangers of the new republic was sort of just being folded back into the mandalorian yeah. and it would still incorporate some of those elements which we see here in this trailer too i mean carson is talking to uh, well, we actually don't see who he's talking to. Like they cut from him to a shot of Mando, who's clearly somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but he's saying something like, uh, you know, there's a greater threat out there that you're not acknowledging or something like that, which makes me wonder if we're maybe going to see him talking to Mon Mothma, maybe since they have that actress available. Um, yeah, that's possible. Or somebody else that's part of the New Republic, and he's maybe going to be one of the ones that splits off and kind of starts forming the resistance. And there's like, hey, there's this threat out there that the New Republic doesn't want to worry about because they're, you know, trying not to jump back into another war, but like we got to do something about this. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, like it's it's a trailer, right? And I think that there's a lot about this trailer specifically that's meant to be deceptive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I it, here's the thing. We do not have that long to wait, as I was saying before. And there's a lot of stuff that's going to carry us week to week that's going to get us there in no time flat. Um, all of that said, you want to talk about you want to talk about Bad Batch? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. What else you got? Give me more!
Tanks online! Cross that, take the towers. How many are there? Five of them. That's Clone Force 99. This is Wrecker, Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Crosshair. My name's Omega. The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Good soldiers follow Walters. Episode Recap. I so we are talking about uh, the the third episode of season two, uh, the solitary clone, in which we see the return of uh, a fan favorite. Let's call him a fan favorite character, Commander Cody, um, answering some questions, some long held questions, uh, and uh, uh, dispelling some legends stories. Actually, dispelling all of the legend stories um, that uh, that previously involved. Uh, Commander Cody and the Stormtroopers and all of that sort of stuff post return. Uh, sorry, Revenge of the Sith. So um, let me start. I will start. I found this episode to be fine. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination for me. I understand why other people really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it was a little bit action heavy. Um and I, I, yeah, I kind of like zoned out during a lot of the fighting. Um, they were running up spiral staircases and down corridors. This here, here's 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 what I'm gonna say, and this is gonna be like kind of my Star Wars hot take um, about the Bad Batch thus far. Ninety percent of this show takes place in corridors, and they got to do something about that. I I can't like like they can't keep putting these guys in a in a hallway or a spiral staircase or you know like somewhere where they're like peeking around a corner while blaster fire goes off it's just like it's just it's getting really repetitive for me and it's really funny to say that because we're like three episodes into season two (laughs) um so we're just back but like already like last week uh, with the premiere, there was all the stuff on the ship that was like them running up and down corridors and blaster fire. And, and then even like in from inside the container is like a, a it's like a portable corridor, you know, like it, I just um, the stuff about last week that I found really fun and exciting was the stuff that was different. Like when uh, Hunter and Wrecker are trying to like climb the outside of the ship as it's taking off, I thought it was really cool when when they actually like get into the container and you know they're like oh the thruster should be firing, all of that stuff was really great. Obviously, Omega hanging off of the ship at the beginning was super cool, right? Like new interesting stuff. This episode, I know that for a lot of other people, they felt that there was like a comfort in clone troopers fighting battle droids i found it incredibly tired (laughs) which is uh i don't know it's 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 an interesting thing it's funny because one of my favorite episodes in star wars rebels is the one where they go to the it's like a space station or something like that like a port um like an abandoned port and all of the battle droids attack them and there's the tactical droid Oh yeah. It's the one where like where Kanan and Rex finally sort of like bury the hatchet and and uh and sort out their problems, right? And, and learn to work together. Yeah. Um that's why I like it is cuz it's like a it's the Kanan Rex episode where the two of them have to like 
talk out their differences and, and, uh, and, and sort it out, you know? Um, but I also really like the battle droid stuff in that one because it had been so long since we saw battle droid stuff. I, uh, we'd, we'd been in, you know, cause what is that? That's like late season two, I think of rebels. Um, if not, maybe even the beginning of season three, might be the beginning of I think season three. I think that's early season three, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's like, because season three is when they're kind of searching for their new base, right? And I think it's part of that story. Yeah. Um, but in any case, um, it was fresh because here we've got Kane and he's a Jedi, so it's a little bit different. This one, to me, once we got into the, like, we're inside this castle and we're fighting battle droids, I was just like, it, it was... Uh, it, first of all, it was one o'clock in the morning because I had just finished watching the season finale of Willow and I was coming off an extreme high from that because the season finale of Willow was mind-blowingly good into what I think is a pretty competent episode of The Bad Batch um, that focuses on a character that I really don't care much about. So I, I and they didn't talk about Obi-Wan nearly enough for my liking. <laughs> um being that it was Cody and everything. Right. I, I, but yeah, it just like, it was it, like, I popped off at the moment when the battle droids first showed up. Cause I was like, Oh, that's because they're separatists. Right. Like, cause the, like the, the governor sort of like made like a little hint mention at that of like, well, we're separatists. So we don't fall under your ju- jurisdiction. And then he was like, well, I'm going to do what I want to do anyways. He's like, no, cause we got battle droids here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's cool. Um, but then just, I don't know. It just, I, I got really annoyed. I'm going to let you talk in a minute, Kyle. I promise. Cause I'm, oh, gonna, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just getting, I'm just like getting this all out. And then yeah, I yeah, yeah. get talk all your about how great out. it is. That the, I got so annoyed when that clone trooper, I don't even remember which clone trooper it was. Cause I don't think that it was Cody or, or, um, crosshair cause crosshair is the one who ends up taking out the droidica. Right. But I, when that clone trooper throws the droid popper and he chucks it at the droidica and I'm like, come on, you guys, we know how to do this. We've got a whole episode about this. You got to roll that thing. It's got to be going slow enough to make it through the shield. It made me so mad. It made me so, so mad. But then, uh, but then I think it's crosshair, right? Who like, he, he chucks the one that attaches to the battle droid and then he shoots the battle droid into the thing. And I'm like, okay, like that's cool. But I just have this disconnect. Crosshair is, it's the reason why he is, crosshair and why he's in the position that he's in he's a good soldiers follow orders and he believes that without the chip but also i think like he's he thinks that he can only be a soldier because his whole deal is that he can murder things from far away right the others have abilities that like that lend themselves to other things right they're versatile and 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 like not necessarily violent because even like wrecker who i would say like you know like he's he's very uh the super strength thing is like you could take that as like a hulk sort of thing but like wrecker could go work in construction right he'd be very good at that um he can also be a tank but i i but i don't think crosshair feels like he could do what they're doing um that i think that he feels stuck that he has to be a soldier and I think like that part of it, like I, it's an interesting story. I just, it's just going to lend itself to stories that I don't care as much about. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. I really like the the scene where Cody is like negotiating and uh, uh, trying to come to a diplomatic resolution and then Crosshair just like ends it. He's just like, no, yeah, this is, this is these are the orders that I've been given. Um, and like the, the aspect of that where it's like, you know, like what are the orders sort of like what what's the what's the goal here? You know, what what are we what? Because Cody is very clearly conflicted of like where this isn't the Republic anymore, and like I was my like his whether he still got the chip in him or not, I don't think he does, right? I think that that's kind of made clear throughout the episode that um, I think I personally oh, that like this, Cody doesn't that Cody doesn't yeah. I don't know because I mean other clones that we've seen like Hauser and like uh, the clone last week uh, that Rampart killed at the end of the the premiere. I mean they haven't made a big deal about like these guys are oh they're starting to disobey the Empire because they took their chips out. Um, I think the chips were really there to make them obey Order sixty six. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, it's kind of one of those fuzzy things that season one never really clearly explained of like, yeah. okay, so, you know, is, is the chip now still what's making them loyal to the empire? Or are they doing that because, you know, they have nothing left or because they actually believe in it? Or like how much of this is their choice versus how much is the chip still controlling them versus, you know, how, how hard is it for them to disobey orders or yeah. anything like there's, we need a, a rule book of how that chip works. I think what it comes down to is that the regs are already programmed from birth to be more obedient, right? Like we know that because even in Attack of the Clones, I uh, they they talk about how like Boba doesn't have any of that programming, right? That like he's he's a he's a pure clone without mm-hmm. any of the like, you know, alteration and, and behavioral modifications. So I think that like the regs are already like they're gonna be prone to following orders and, and falling in line. And then I think that the chip is other than the order 66 component is, is just meant to be, there's almost like a limiter, right. Of like, like if they start to get out of line, the chip will, will, um, will sort of like force them back into compliance. Um, and that's what we've seen. I think a lot of the time is that like, whenever they try and sort of go against whenever their individuality starts to pull them in another direction, the chip would like steer them back towards compliance. I think that, the other aspect of it is, which is like a through line from the five story is that they are, it's a, it is an organic component, which means that like, who knows what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, there, there could be all sorts of circumstances where, you know, like, like one thing or another where, where this clone is not as compliant as another. So I think that Hauser is a good example of that. I think what we saw with Wilco was a conflict of ideology instead of a conflict of the orders, right? The right. like, like, uh, Rampart is giving him an order, not an order. He didn't specifically give him an order, which is the other part of it. He Rampart was telling Wilco to falsify a report, and Wilco's ideology was, I think, in that moment, that Rampart was a traitor. Right. Like that Rampart yeah. is actually the one in the wrong right now. A good soldier follows orders. And that means submitting an accurate 
report and not falsifying a report. So yeah, doing things correctly and by the book. Exactly. So, so in that is like, that's an instance of like the, of, of, of the chip, the compliance to the adherence to orders actually playing against Rampart's goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then I think that what we see with Rex and I would assume with Cody as well is, um, of resistance, like a straight out, like willpower resistance to the chip. Cause we know that that's the case with Rex, right? Like Rex actively fights against the chip, which gives Ahsoka the couple of seconds that she needs in order to get out of that situation. Had Rex not been Rex, Ahsoka would be dead. Right. Absolutely. Like that's, and, and, and then on top of it, the last, sorry, not the last Jedi, the, the, the tales of the Jedi stuff of like Ahsoka was trained for this. Mm -hmm. Anakin didn't realize that that's what he was doing, but Ahsoka was specifically trained for order 66 to survive. Right. So those two things together create this confluence of events where, where, um, where Rex is able to, to, to be brought back from the brink of that. Um, but even like once it takes hold, he still is resistant to it. He still is fighting it. And I think that, um, I think that Cody would be the same. And I think that there's a little bit implied in the episode even of him. I think that Cody is testing crosshair to a certain degree to be like, what's going on with you? Like, is, are you still here because of the chip? Why did they leave? And you're still here. Right. So I think like, they're like Cody is kind of pressing crosshair to be like, what do you believe? Like, what do you actually believe in? Do you believe in the empire or do you believe in, like the ideals of the Republic, which is what we're supposed to be defending. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the empire is not the Republic. I think Cody looks at it and he's like, the empire is not the Republic. I don't have to follow these orders. So the, the chip might still be in Cody's head, but Cody may have, because of the fact that his Jedi was the negotiator, he may have like logic his brain out of compliance. Right. And then as, at a certain point, he might get that chip out. Now, here's the other part. Has Cody always had that scar on his head? Is that like a yeah. thing from the movie? Yeah. In, yeah. In Revenge of the Sith, he's got a scar on his face. I have never noticed that crescent scar on his forehead, which yeah, is obviously, that's... if that's the case, it's meant to be a reference to Boba's helmet, right? Like, like I got to imagine that that's why he has that. Because uh, yeah. we don't have any other... Wait, you're no, talking it, about like like the dent in the helmet? Yeah, because Boba's got it. It's in the exact same spot where Boba's dent is, right? Well, like, his I think Cody's is more like along the side of his eye and then kind of down his face a little bit. So in 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 Bad Batch, this model he's got like a crest. He's got like a C that's like right. It's exactly where the dent is on Boba's helmet, right? Like it's it's hmm. right over the right eye ridge. It's ex it's exactly where the dent is in the boba helmet. So like to me, it's like that's got that must be. I I'm gonna Google this. Um, how did Commander Cody get his scar? It auto completed for me. Uh, on the Rebel Scum forum, somebody's asking this. Let's let's see what's being said on the Rebel Scum forward for uh, forums. According to Wikipedia, Cody excelled in hand to hand combat. Nope, that's not helpful. Drunken speeder biking incident. Nope. Uh, it was after the Battle of Geonosis. Anakin was getting married, so Rex, Gree, and Cody wanted to take... Nope. This is... You guys are not being helpful. Uh, even though... Yeah. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Isn't yeah. Boba's dent on the other side, though? 
No? I don't think so. Boba Fett helmet. Nope. It's over the right eye. I mean, it's it on the helmet, it is higher up. But if it were that high on Cody, it would be in his hairline. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. To me, it, it, it looks an awful lot like that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Movie Cody. Oh, it doesn't look anything like that on on movie Cody because I'm looking at this looks like it's a Hot Toys uh, sculpt and it's it's more of like a just sort of like a wiggly line. Okay, so he's so so because uh, like my thing was like, does that mean that he took his chip out? But uh, but I, nobody made a big deal about it, so I'm like, so clearly he's always had that scar. Um, so yeah, like like does Cody still have his chip in? I mean, like I think like that's kind of the big question, right? Or is his chip still functioning, or has he just like because he's Obi Wan's clone, has he figured out how to like circum circumvent the logic of that of that chip? I don't know. Yeah, I don't have I don't an answer know. for it. I do think we'll see Cody again this season. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, we got to see Cody and Rex on screen together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially with the way that it ends with, uh, you know, us finding out that he's deserted. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I thought this episode was fantastic. Yeah. You um, go, you go now. That's uh, it's, that's all my stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You go. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I loved the, you know, just the action of seeing clones, you know, versus battle droids again, just that clone wars nostalgia, but really it was kind of the, just the themes and the tension that was hanging over everything. Um, and I mean, it was, it was an episode that really dug into what I think is my favorite aspect of the Bad Batch as a series is, you know, exploring what happened to the clones after order 66 and what is their role in the empire and, you know, how do they feel about this? And we're seeing different ideologies of different clones and, you know, different things that they're doing and how they're, how they're kind of dealing with this. Um, and so to have, I mean, obviously, and you know, that coupled with the Clone Wars nostalgia, because you have a separatist holdout that takes an imperial, you know, governor or whoever that guy was, takes him hostage. And so they're like, all right, we'll send in the clone squad to deal with it. And it almost felt like kind of like a suicide mission kind of thing where it's like, you know, they're still kind of getting the stormtrooper program up and running. You know, they had had crosshair before, like training the stormtrooper recruits. And now he's like, okay, your new squad for this mission is commander Cody and all these clones. And so it kind of felt like, you know, are they doing this because these clones are, you know, the best soldiers for the job and because they have experience fighting battle droids or are they doing it because they're expendable and they're sending them on the most dangerous missions. Um, and it kind of felt like a bit of both, but, um, you know, seeing, and again, it wasn't just like the nostalgia of, oh, they're fighting separatists again, but even just seeing like a separatist holdout in this time and seeing like, okay, just because they killed Dooku and killed Grievous and, you know, shut down all the battle droids, there's still going to be people and governments and, you know, stuff out there where they're like, hey, we, we were trying to separate away from the Republic because we didn't believe in their ideology. And now that you've claimed yourself an empire, you basically just proved everything yeah. that we thought about the Republic and why we were trying to leave them in yeah. the first place. So we're definitely not going along with you. Um, so it was cool to see like, okay, what happened to those people and how is the empire dealing with that? Um, and so then, you know, you got the, uh, the governor of the planet or whatever, who, you know, still has her like functional battle droid army. You send in the clones to, to take them out and, you know, try to rescue the Imperials. Um, and it just leads to, 
you know, again, just some great fun, nostalgic throwback, you know, clone versus droid action, but really getting to see a why the clones are still the superior soldiers to stormtroopers and b like this was just a showcase for crosshair like you said you know he sometimes kind of gets overshadowed by all the different special abilities of um you know all the other members of the bad batch but they really gave him some moments to shine in some of these action scenes where it's like okay he's not just a good shot like he is a phenomenal shot. Like, you know, there's other clone snipers out there and Crosshair is making shots that nobody else would be able to make, whether it's, you know, a perfectly timed shot right down the barrel of a tank gun to, you know, blow up the whole tank. Um, or at the end when they're fighting their way up the staircase and he's got all his little like mirror dot things that he's lined up along the wall and then, you know, shoots one out of the air perfectly timed to then ricochet the bolt all, you know, across the other ones all the way up the staircase to take out the tactical droid at the top. Um, you know, just seeing him and Commander Cody in action together, you know, blasting droids was great. But then even seeing, you know, their their difference in ideology, I mean, I kind of expected that when we eventually saw Commander Cody show up in this show that he was going to be kind of the poster child for like, out of the the regular clones, like the ones that were still loyal to the Empire. Um, obviously, you know, we've seen Rex and, and some of those other guys and, you know, Hauser and the, uh, the guys like that that have started to defect and not go along with it. And then also, of course, the Bad Batch. Um, but I was thinking that, you know, okay, Cody is going to be, like, because he was the one that, you know, tried to take out Obi-Wan and... Um, and even like you said, maybe just because of some of the stuff we've heard about him in Legends. I didn't realize there were like actual Legends stories that were written about him. But I remember even back in Rebels hearing maybe like rumors or maybe it was something in a book or something about him like training, like him staying with the Empire to train stormtroopers. Um, so I've always just kind of had that idea in my mind that like Cody would have been one of those clones that would have just gone along with the Empire. And we see that like he has been for a while, but even he's now starting to have his doubts um, and then it's clear when they get to the end, um, and the, uh, you know, they, they rescue the Imperial guy and he's like, all right, kill this, you know, the separatist leader. And Cody's like, well, hang on, let's negotiate here. We don't need to kill anybody. We don't need to escalate this. Like, I'm here to get you out, but you know, this is not going to solve this problem. Um, and I need to go back and watch it again. Cause that was a great exchange at the end. And I don't remember, you know, all the points that were being made back and forth, but clearly a little bit of Obi-Wan's negotiating rubbed off on Cody. And even as he's being given a direct order from an Imperial, uh, you know, superior, he doesn't directly go against it, but he's trying to stall as much as he can from just, you know, executing somebody in cold blood. And then, like you said, Crosshair ends it by just, he's like, all right, enough of this. If you're not going to follow the order, I will. Um, and, you know, again, it really makes me curious to see what the arc is going to be with uh, with Crosshair, because, I mean, you know, I, I love the title of the episode, The Solitary Clone, because we really see that Crosshair is on an island by himself, because on the one hand, more and more, we see that the clones are drifting away. Um, we hear at the end that Cody deserted. We've seen other clones start to desert. We've seen clones be executed for trying to be good soldiers and not bend the rules. Um, you know, I, I think the clones loyalty to the empire is going to start crumbling quickly. Um, and on the other side, you have the empire who sees these guys as expendable, replaceable, um, Heck, in the finale of season one, they tried to bring down Topoka City with Crosshair still inside and he's still loyal to them. So it's like, 
clearly that you're seeing the empire is no longer loyal to the clones and the clones are no longer loyal to the empire, but you have crosshair in the middle still trying to, to be the good soldier and think that he somehow has a place at the table in this new Imperial regime. And I'm just like, I wonder what his end game is. Um, but, you know, we see him at the end of the episode alone in his barracks, clearly, you know, contemplating things. And, um, yeah, I wonder if it's just going to be a a long winding road where he finally is going to kind of come to his senses and realize that the rest of the Bad Batch was right all along and we'll have a happy reunion. Or if he's going to, I don't know, keep staying with the Empire or maybe try to take matters into his own hands or go off on, on some other path. But, you know, I think he's going to come to a an impasse at some point because, um, yeah, he, he can't just keep going on the path that he's on. I mean, the empire is going to toss him aside at some point like they are with everybody else. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of what his arc is going to be over the course of the season and how he's going to land in the middle of what clearly is a sort of a brewing conflict that they're setting up between the empire and the clones. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, it, it um, I really like what this episode did for Crosshair, like like the 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 places that that it put him in. I just like for me, it the the action stuff just got. I don't know, I don't know, and I found this with the first season as well. There are times where like that hey, we get into the action and I just kind of zone out. Um, it's got to be really good choreography, or I have to really care about the characters in order for it to keep my attention. But yeah. but when it's just sort of like running around shooting stuff, it's I don't know that we necessarily got to see Crosshair do anything that he hasn't already shown us. You know what I mean? Like like I've I don't know. I I guess I feel like the the showrunners felt like they were giving us like a one up on on Crosshair's previous stuff. I don't feel like. It was that I feel like it was uh, th- shooting down the barrel. of The tank was really cool. That was a moment that like I took notice, but, but the rest of it, I, it just kind of, I don't know. And commando droids. Like I, th- I think, th- I think that for me, it's just like the, I just don't think that you're going to get me with commando droids anymore. There was a point in time where you like a commando droid showed up and be like, Oh, yikes. And you know what? If we were in live action and a commando droid showed up, mm-hmm. then I then you'd have my attention because I don't. We haven't seen them in live action, have we? No, we haven't. No, we still haven't. And so, like to see, because they're creepy as heck in animation. I would love to see that translated into live action. Um, but I, I, but we haven't seen that, right? We haven't. Uh, um, but we've seen so much of them in animation over the years that it's just like, yeah, I remember when they first showed up and it was like, Oh my goodness. These commando droids are something else. Well, uh, it's funny cause we saw a lot of them in clone wars, but we didn't, they weren't in rebels at all. Were they? I'm trying to remember if they showed up in rebels. I don't think that they did. Yeah. And I don't think we've seen them in season one of bad batch either. So I guess it has been a while since we've seen them, despite the fact that, you know, we saw them a lot during clone wars. Yeah, when's the last time we saw saw Commando Droids show up in something not that long ago? But it would have been a while ago. They must have shown up in Rebels at some point. I think they do. But um in any case, I 
yeah, it just, yeah, I don't know. I want to like this episode more than I did. Um, I want to, I want to see it the way that everybody else sees it. Um, because obviously uh, there's a lot of people who are very excited about this. I think what it comes down to for me is I just don't care about crosshair that much. I would mm. much rather be with, with the boys, uh, and Omega. I'm much more interested in what's going on with them. So, um, I'm sure that the next episode will get us back into that, but, uh, but yeah, it was just, I don't know. It just, it honestly, it just really just didn't do it for me. I feel I feel like I'm I'm trying to like find something else to talk about with this one because I was like, have we really has this episode been long enough? We're almost at an hour, so I think like I think actually we're good. I think we did it. But yeah. um, well, one thing I will say yeah. also, this is probably one of the best looking episodes they've done so far. Which I feel like we say every week, like they continue to, you yeah. know, just the animation gets better and better. But I mean, this one in particular, you know, this planet that they were on, um, just had a really cool look to it. But I think again, just with the sort of the the deep orange lighting and kind of a lot of contrast and shadows and stuff, for me, really added to just the tension of you know as they're going through. And I know there's a lot of hallways and a lot of blasting and stuff, but um, between the the visuals and just sort of like I said, the underlying tension of knowing that all this clone stuff is leading to something and even seeing that Cody and Crosshair aren't on the same page. And are they going to, you know, kind of butt heads at some point or, you know, how is this all going to resolve? Like it, that kept me going the whole time along with, like I said, just the, the nostalgia of seeing clones and droids again. But um, yeah, to me, like the, just the underlying stuff and just the, the richness of, again, exploring all the, the different ideologies and the different factions and, you know, remaining separatists and stuff. It was, elevated it above just gunfights and hallways. Yeah, I feel that. Like, I I understand that. And, like, that's the thing with it for me that's really difficult. Is like, I totally get it. I totally get why people like this episode. It just didn't work for me, personally. So Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. That's what it comes down to. But yeah. I, I... But the other thing that I loved about it, too, is just, like, for me, it felt like watching an episode of Clone Wars um which and i guess it kind of depends on you know like you said you you'd rather be with the squad with uh you know omega and everything and it's like i guess it kind of depends on what you what your favorite aspects of the show are and kind of what you're looking to get out of it because even though obviously the show primarily focuses on the squad i think my favorite moments of bad batch are when it dives into you know sort of more of this heavy stuff around the clones in general and um and how they're dealing with this, this time of transition in the empire. And, you know, these moments with Cody and Hauser and stuff have been some of my favorite moments of the entire show. Um, But also just as a huge fan of clone wars, like this one in particular felt like just a, what could have been a great episode of clone wars. If that show had kept going post order 66, Um, this, you know, this feels like something that would have been a highlight of like clone wars season 10 or something like that. So I thought that was really cool. Totally. Totally. Cool. I, well, I mean, I think that's it. I think, I think that does it for this, this, uh, this recap. Um, like I said, I think we did it. I think we talked about this episode. I think we did it. I, uh, uh, the next episode is faster. I haven't watched it yet. Maybe I'll watch it right after this. I probably won't. I, I, maybe I'll watch it tomorrow though. Um, I don't know what this one's about. There's no descriptions for the upcoming episodes. So uh, even though there are lots of people out there uh, that got access to the screeners and uh, and have already seen them. So um, 
I don't know. Any idea? Any idea? I have... Oh, you know what? I bet it might be the one that has the scenes from the trailer with, like, the swoop bike racing. Mm, that could be fun. Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm down for some swoop I'd bike. be down for that. Uh, there's an episode called Tribe coming up in a few weeks, February 1st. I think that'll probably be the Kashyyyk one, don't you think? Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe. Out of all of these. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Cool. Uh, well, that does it for this episode. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Joe back next week. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully, I'll be a little bit more excited about about the content of this next <laughs> one. But uh, it, it, here's here's really what the deal is. Willow was just so good, you guys. It was so good. And, and I got Joe to watch it. As a matter of fact, it, just like he said he was going to, he left the episode last week. He started watching it. He had finished the like he had gotten caught up to episode seven within the day, and then and then obviously watched eight the next day when it came out. So he uh, and then he got uh, his fiance to watch it, and she like binged it in a day. And then uh, and then he told Carl to go watch it, Carl from Wampus Slayer, and Carl <laughs> went and binged it in like two days. Um, so uh, Kyle, have you watched Willow yet? I actually watched the first two episodes tonight before we recorded. Nice. How do you feel about it so far? I like it so far. I'm cool. I'm not quite your level of like head over heels in love yeah, with it yeah, yet, yeah. but I'm I'm having fun with it. So I'm excited it, to be it built like the, the the great thing about it, every episode is better than the last. Yeah. It's just like unequivocally, every episode is better than the one that came before it. Um so so yeah, as you continue to go through it, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. But I if you haven't watched Willow yet, go watch it. Look, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you like what Lucasfilm does, please go watch this show. Um, I'm going to be recording an episode of Force Perspectives with Ty Black from Wit and Folly really soon, sometime next week, and it'll probably come out the following week. Actually, maybe it'll just come out next week. I don't know. Um, but I uh, look forward to that coming soon. Uh, and obviously, we'll be back next week. Uh, with our our thoughts on the episode faster um i hope it's like faster more intent like i i really hope that that's like a that's the reference there is <laughs> that at some point somebody says faster more intense or something like that but uh that's it uh any closing thoughts kyle no i i mean honestly for me this was a highlight you know, like maybe one of my definitely one of my favorite bad batch episodes so far um I know awesome. Joe loved it too, so yeah. we had fun yeah, with Joe it. And I, it that, that Mando trailer was fantastic. I'm super excited for season I three. I know wait. we we kind of talked a little bit about you know stuff in the trailer. I didn't really give overall thoughts on it, but uh, yeah, I don't have it. I don't have time for any debates. Of, oh, this isn't good because it's not Andor and it's just fan service. I freaking love Mandalorian, and I I almost jumped off my couch just seeing Coruscant again in the trailer. I'm that kind right. of fan. As long right. as, like I love fan service, as long as there's a good story with it as well. And yeah. I personally feel like Mando season two was a really good balance where we had all these character cameos and fan servicey stuff, but like they built a good story around it yeah. and it didn't just feel meaningless. So I'm excited to keep going with that and uh, can't wait for season three. So yeah, same. Can't wait. Uh, excited for the next episode of bad batch. Uh, bummed out that Willow is done for now, but if everybody goes and watches it, then they'll, uh, I'm sure that they'll announce season two soon. Yeah, so I probably won't uh, binge the rest of it within a day or two, but maybe I'll finish it by the next by the next time we record. So cool. 
Uh, I think that you, I think once you get to like the fourth episode, you'll be like, mm, let's keep going. I, I, cool. Awesome. Thank you everybody for listening. And, uh, and we will catch you next week. Looks like Bad Batch is blasting off again! Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more. <laughs>